Hi, friends. Welcome to our podcast, Happily Together. We're your hosts. I'm Kara. And I'm Caleb. And can we just say that we are so glad you are here. Oh, it's a good day to be alive. I count my blessings and keep them all at my side. There ain't no stopping us. You are so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Can you just open every podcast with that? <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Uh, Our daughter might be a struggle bus. When it comes to music. In the music department. No, I am You're very good. musically inclined. I don't know how to clap on beat. <laughs> I know, which is Truly. So, so funny. <laughs> when you can count the beats to a song, uh-huh. I get so jealous. <laughs> like I count our way in. You have a gift that I do not have. You have several gifts that I don't have. <laughs> One of them being, which is funny because I am not very coordinated, like with <laughs> with sports, and you are this wildly coordinated. But I do have much more musical oh, no. rhythm. What is our? Oh man! No, let's just let's just hope Combine that she the gets two. Both. Yeah, because I've seen you on the basketball court. <laughs> oh man! It's <laughs> uh, at well, least I can laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, hello to everyone who is listening. Welcome uh, back. Welcome back to another episode of Happily Together. Uh, but we're so glad that you're here, and we have a really excellent podcast for you today. We do. It is very informative. It's actually so much. <laughs> it was so fun talking to Kimberly, to Kimberly because she is so articulate and full of practical advice too. Yeah. So she takes the spiritual and she makes it practical. Which is I there really one loved. part of this episode that you loved? I mean, I loved I loved the conversation around relationships yeah. and how the how did she say it? She said the solution to the problem is not in the problem. And we were talking about falling in love and how so often she tells a beautiful story, which I won't uh, hijack, but so often we, we think by frantically going and looking for the thing, we're going to solve the problem. I was going to tell that story as my favorite thing (laughs) of the podcast, but you're right. I won't, I won't. Don't hijack the story. Make them wait for it. I just loved how she made it very practical in regards to helping people identify the blocks that people are having Mm, mm -hmm. uh, and keeping them from what they truly want in life and offering a really clear avenue and kind of uh, a a one, two, three approach on really things that you can begin to do to help yourself live from your true self, which is the kind of the prerequisite to accessing the deeper things that you want to experience in life. Yeah. We asked that question of what blocks people from having what they want and her answer was profound. Profound. That's a great word. Profound. Profound. Um, So Kimberly Snyder, she is a spiritual guide, a meditation teacher, a nutritionist, and a holistic wellness expert. She is the three-time, not one, not two, but three-time New York Times bestselling author of five previous books, including Radical Beauty, which she co-authored with a guy you might know the name of, Deepak Deepak Chopra. Um, Kimberly hosts the top-rated Feel Good podcast. She is the founder of Saluna, a holistic lifestyle brand that offers wellness products, digital courses, practical enlightenment meditation. I've been using Saluna. I did uh, not know that. Skincare and and probiotics, and I love them. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And she has been featured in dozens of media outlets, including Good Morning America, The Today Show, and The Wall Street Journal. She lives in Los Angeles and Hawaii, with her husband and her sons. Uh, her book that is coming out on the week of the 24th, so January 24th, is called You Are More Than You Think You Are, Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life. You are more than you think you are. I, I love, love that, that title. 
It's true. Many of us think that we just aren't enough, not good enough, not pretty enough, not rich enough, not happy enough. But just because we think something doesn't mean it's true. You are more than you think you are. It teaches you how to revise your belief system, fulfill your deepest dreams and desires, and create an epic, successful, and inspiring life. Mm. And it's all about how to unlock your true self. So good. I love that. And I think you're really, really going to get something from this podcast. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and jump into what Kimberly has to say. I'm feeling good today. Oh, I'm feeling good today. Kimberly, I have been waiting for this conversation for some time, and I'm just, and I think we, I can speak for both of us. We are so excited that you are here with us today. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm so excited we can make this happen. We have the technology to have this conversation across the country. Yes. <laughs> it's exciting. I, it's an amazing time we live in that we can uh, do that. We are supposed to get in Nashville, Tennessee, five to seven inches of snow on Sunday. Yeah. So right now I would love to be in sunny SoCal with you. (laughs) Wow. You know, I'm so, I grew up on the East coast. I grew up in Connecticut. I went to college in Washington, DC at Georgetown. And you know, I, I put up with the cold, but then Mm. at a certain point, I just, you know, I was kind of back and forth between New York and LA for some years with clients and then I, I made the move, guys. I just said, no more winter for me. Yeah. And now I've been here and I I don't know, I, I thrive in warmer weather. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people love the colds. I get it. My nope. husband's also like a skier. But, mm. um, oh, but cool. <laughs> yeah. If we were like winter sport people, it would be different. But we moved to Nashville, not with the expectation of getting winter. <laughs> but we, we've gotten quite a bit of right. winter yeah. since being here. Right. It's called right. the South. Wow. But I mean, we're getting we're getting some winter. I have to tell you, Kimberly, I've been using your um, skincare and I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, yay. So I love delicious. to hear that. I love to hear that. You know, it's interesting sometimes people ask me about, you know, my brand, Saluna, and, you know, what I focus on. And it seems very varied. But when you look at everything, when you take this approach where you step back, which is my approach, you look at that everything is really interconnected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about energy. We're talking about the interconnection, the, the holism of all things. Mm-hmm. So my philosophy is really food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. Beautiful. So it's that we have offerings in all of them, right? There's meditations, there's ways to eat healthy and taking care of your body is part of that. Skin is our largest organ, right? Skin reflects a lot of our inner emotional state, Mm -hmm. our connection to ourselves, our health, our nutrition. And so, um, you know, skincare is part of that, taking care of our largest organ. And Ayurveda teaches us just by virtue of touching your skin and working with your skin with your nervous system is working with your endocrine system and your and your immune system mm. so um so yeah everything works together hand in hand so that. you're telling me there's a deeper reason why i have a big zit on my face <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe there is maybe, Could be, there. maybe it's just that you you haven't washed your your face and you're like my husband he doesn't use anything oh mm. no it's so good um yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about your new book, You Are More Than You Think You Are. I know, so exciting. Which is just an amazing title because I'm like, yes. We are. We're more I need than to we be reminded are. of this <laughs> daily. I need to be reminded of this. But correct me if I'm wrong, you are a, a spouse, a partner, a wife. Um, yes. You're a mother of two, yes. two boys? Two boys. Two boys. So and you're a obviously an entrepreneur, a business owner, and a New York Times bestselling author three times? 
Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> that is a little Rolodex right there. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a full life. We could say guys, you know, I do, you know, fa- families first. I have two babies. One is um, about 18 months now and one is five years old. He's still my little baby. Um, so everything in my life, um, it gets scheduled around that, you know, my, my husband and my kids. So I have a podcast, it's called the feel good podcast. And I really only shoot during nap time or, yeah. you know, kids are in school. And then I have a brand called Saluna and yeah, I'm an author. This is my sixth book and everything about this, this new book, you are more than you think you are does feel very different than oh, the other yeah. ones. It really feels like this is, you know, what the world needs right now. This is what came through very organically. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to share what I'm calling my, my first, my full playbook. I've never shared any of these teachings and these practices in any of my w- prior work or any of my prior books. I before. love that. Mm. Um, and I, I'm excited to dive into that, but anytime I'm on a conversation or with somebody that is maybe the aspirational identity of what I long for in my own life, uh, I'm always curious around like personal routines, Mm. like morning routines or daily rituals. Uh, What would you say are the routines or what does your routine look like? Or do you have any daily rituals that really help you keep or really help keep you grounded and present, maybe aligned with your daily goals? Yeah. So going back to my four cornerstone philosophy, um, the reason this is so important is that it supports us as whole beings, right? It's, it's, this is where our power is in our, in our holism. So when we're creating our morning practice, our morning ritual, we really want to touch on all of the cornerstones. That way we go into the day with our energy in the highest flow. Mm. We're able to reach our fullest potential. We feel more of this, you know, grounded stability, um, that allows us to be more creative and to be, um, in our, in our full power really. So my morning practice includes, um, first of all, having hot water with lemon, first thing in the body was an Ayurvedic teaching about getting heat in, which is really great for digestion, stoking your Agni, your fire. And then also just the sense of presence, putting heat into your belly really, really helps to bring you into your body in the morning. Mm. And then I'm actually drinking it right now, the glowing green smoothie, which is my signature smoothie, um, which is full of fiber. It's not a juice. So it gives you that sustained energy. It's giving you all the nutrition you need, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins. Um, it's a really beautiful way to get a a lot in in one very efficient um you know by blending by making a smoothie we're pre-digesting it in a sense so now we've covered the food part with the hot water with lemon and the, the ggs um, i also take sbo probiotics in the morning which is one of the products saluna makes um, supplements fall into the body category which is everything other than food gut health is so important mm. so day by day you know stress sugar, um, all the ways in which our microbiome gets uh, disrupted. It's very important that we take the right probiotics, which get through the stomach acid and have this ability to really um, recenter and reset our whole system, which of course affects our moods, our neurotransmitters, um, our calmness levels, everything. So now I've covered the body category. Next, and the most important part of the morning routine, if I could say there's one most important part, is that I meditate. Mm. And so the meditations I put out week, uh, put out every week, the practical enlightenment meditations are about seven minutes to get started, right? I meditate longer, but that's because I've been doing this now for well over a decade. But it's so important in the morning to tune the energy inward, Mm. right? So we're not just out here doing, 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 but actually connecting. So the fourth um, cornerstone is called spiritual growth. I define spirituality as more awareness, more 
waking up to who we are in this formless energy inside of us, which we'll talk about more in a moment, the true self, which completely changes your day. When you do this, you're less susceptible to food cravings. You know when you're really hungry. You can better manage your energy. You're less reactive. You're coming from this deeper place. You're more connected to the voice of your intuition. So it's essential to start with meditation. And then afterwards, I usually have my notebook next to me but then even if it's two minutes three minutes whatever you have it's a very powerful practice to journal mm. so we get out of our head these you know circular thought patterns and we bring them out in onto paper so where it allows us to process and to um, move into our day with more clarity so if you're going to journal in the morning you know two things number one is there anything I need to let go of? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I need to process? You know, and we just kind of think through, okay, like, you know, da, 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 da. And the second thing is gratitude. Mm-hmm. What am I grateful for? Mm-hmm. So we bring it back to the fullness of this moment. We bring back in this high frequency energy. And so then we're really going into that third quarter stone, which is emotional well-being. So this approach um, in the morning, again, just as an example, it, it's, you know, I'm talking it through, but it's really simple. Hot water with lemon, glowing green smoothie, taking my probiotics. Now I'm taking care of this physical form. Now I go into this formless, which is just as important, more important because it's the things that we don't see these parts of us that influence everything, our hormones, our nervous system, you know, where circulation is going in the body, where it's not going and all of these things. So in the morning meditation, a little bit of time to journal and to sit with our feelings and emotions, Mm. um, it's a huge difference. So that's an example of how we stack these different aspects, you know, and then there's the evening routine and there's you know, different practices we do during the day. So it's not that we're doing more work yeah. per se, but yeah. we are focused and there's a shift in focus. And when we do things in this way, we have more clarity. We go through our day with more flow. So we actually end up saving more energy mm. in that. I honestly feel like we can just stop the podcast right there. Like that (laughs) is just the most beautiful (laughs) uh, described kind of morning routine. I just love the pillars. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to like, am I doing this? Am I doing this? Am I doing this? Yeah. Check, check, check. It's really beautiful too, because I think what, what you named so clearly is it gets us fully present and fully here and fully grounded. And And it's working with the whole body, the whole body. And I love that it starts with the physical body because I think that's an aspect that so many of us bypass and, and forget about or don't give, uh, give credibility yeah. to in the morning. And what a beautiful way to begin. Yes. So the body cat, the body cornerstone is everything besides food. So mm. it's how we sleep. It's, um, you know, exercise, it's the supplements we take. And it's really interesting because we are as humans, you know, there's these two parts of us. There's this human part of us that's having this embodied experience. Mm. We are in the physical body. And so we want to take care of our bodies. It's our vehicle for creating more enlightenment in our lives, which is really the word for more freedom, more awareness, more expansion. And at the same time, we have this true self part of us, which is really who we are Mm. in in, in the larger sense. Um, And so when we are constantly in touch with, with, with both of them, not just this outer ego, this, this shell, of what we look like and what we're doing out here, then that's the game changer. And that's mm-hmm. really what um, this this book is about. You know, we transitioned to talking about what is the true self in the first place, because most of us are living this frantic, fearful, limited existence because we over-identify mm-hmm. with our egos. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Before we transition to true self, I'm curious yeah. on a selfish note. So I am due with my first child in a week. I'm, uh, oh, wow. ex- when, yeah. this, when this is published, <laughs> we probably will have a, a child. Yeah, yeah, when this is live. Her due date is next are week. You, are you guys um, having a boy or girl? A uh, girl. A little girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Girl. yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm I would so be excited. happy as our daughter gets older, you know, to maybe kind of set him, set her up with your youngest son. <laughs> Seems like this could be the a good fit. <laughs> I'm already oh, liking sweet. the family dynamics over uh-huh, here. Family first. Oh, <laughs> but I'm so curious. Um, you know, this, this journey of pregnancy has been so powerful for me. It's been such an embodiment journey. It's been so wild to, to, learn to trust my body in this process and let my body evolve in so many ways. But I'm curious for you, as you became a mother, how did it shift the way that you were showing up in work? How did it shift the way that you were showing up um, in daily life? Because I think I can, I can intuit that, that this child is my greatest teacher already. And yeah. I'm so thrilled to, to have her and to learn from her. And I think the process of becoming mother I just feel like will be wildly powerful. So I'm curious in your own experience, how has that shaped kind of, kind of the this co- career that you have and, and all of the work that you do in the world? So it's, you know, as you know, it's a, uh, and you will find out it is a massive game changer. It does change everything. Um, for me, this book, this new book actually came down when I was 34 weeks pregnant with my second son. And it's interesting. And, you know, the Vedic texts, like some of the, you know, Ayurvedic teachings talk about this. It's, it's really this moment where the baby sh- like turns and the head mm. goes um, down and it's this opportunity um, potentially for some pregnant women, and I had this experience for a massive explosion in creativity because now wow. the baby's head is really touching on that root and mm. sacral chakra. Um, so for me, you know, again, this book came down. It was a time when I was looking to slow down, but I felt being pregnant enormously creative. So then um, I didn't know what to do. So I reached out to my co-author now three books ago, Deepak Chopra. And he's like, oh, this book belongs (laughs) with Hay House, which is a different um, publisher than, you know, Deepak and I wrote a book with Random House and I had been there for a while. So anyways, he put me on a text with um, the president, Reed Tracy, and he said, well, what's your book about? And I told him. And, you know, a a few days later, I was presenting the book over Zoom. I wrote a sample chapter and then it was like, three days before I gave birth, I signed my book deal. And then 60 days after I gave birth, I, um, I started writing and it's really interesting because this book was written at a time during COVID. So my older son wasn't in, um, preschool. We were in like this little pod, but it wasn't really something that was regular and, you know, everything was still going on the, the podcast, the business. And then I was also writing this book and it was incredible. I look back and I'm like, how did I write this book? And, um, you know, for me being pregnant and you know, what it's, what it's what, having these children, I think it's brought so much clarity mm. as well. So I'm very clear about where I put my time. Mm. Um, I am very focused. So the times when I have to write or to do a podcast, there's none of this sort of like, oh, let me prepare. Like, like I go mm. in, I go right in with fullness it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel um you know like i'm pushing but i you know there's this 
sense of flow where, okay, when I'm here in front of work, like I'm really focused. And then when I'm with my kids, I'm really focused. Um, what's really helped me. And I'm very grateful that, you know, we have this help mm. because I say I can have two jobs, but I can't have three. Mm. So my kids, my family are my number one. And then secondly, you know, the books, podcast business, and then we do have, you know, a uh, housekeeper, which, you know, again, if, you yeah. know, I'm just grateful. We mo- both me, and my husband work full time to be able to afford someone to, Oh my gosh, she's just busy all day. you know, she does the, the, the cooking and the cleaning and she goes to the store and she does all this stuff and she yeah. keeps it together. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm able to really focus on family and, you know, the, the real output. Yeah. I have a great team of Saluna, so I outsource a lot to other people on the teams as well. But being a mom has given me um, focus, mm. clarity, mm-hmm. and, you know, just really like the why behind, you know, why am I writing this or why am I putting this out? And for me, it, 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 it has to fit in with my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to fit in with serving and helping the world. Otherwise, I, I say no. So I it's clarified that. a lot. That's so I love beautiful. that. I actually have so a beautiful. selfish question. It doesn't have to be a long answer. But... When you said that, do you schedule block times to write? Mm. And if you schedule block times to write, what is the times of like sitting down to actually put out this creative work and like not feeling the flow? Mm. Like, how do you constantly just like feel that flow when you have scheduled times to write? I say that because oftentimes when I'm trying to write, it comes, I'm like, I might be driving down the street and I have like this download. I'm like, oh my God, I need to go write right now. But if I schedule times to write, I'm like, nothing, crickets, Black. what's happening? And it feels very forced. How do you balance that? So, so I think when we're connected to source, then we can always tune in. Tune. We can always tap it. Mm. So I don't push myself with, um, so I'll say like there's scheduled times where I where I work, right? So sometimes I'm in this, um, it's very nonlinear to me, right? So it's like, here's the times where the naps are, and here's where I'm doing the podcast. And those are scheduled for the most part. But when it comes to the to the book, I, I find, and when I found with this book as well, as long as I'm doing my practices, yeah. and I'm regularly meditating in the morning, and I'm tuning into this true You're self connected. energy inside me, the, 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 where source is, it means that, um, I'm in, I'm in touch mm. there. You know what I mean? So, um, there are of course times where it, it feels like, okay, there's a lot, it's like the spout is going off. So this is a great time to write. So if I was meant to, you know, do something else, like a bunch of emails or zoom calls, then I switch things around yeah. to mm. make, allow space for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nonlinear. I, I don't really use this word balance too much. I use the word flow. So yeah. like, you know, if I'm, I'm with the kids, I'm really putting my energy there. And if I'm sitting down to write, then I'm putting my energy there as well. I love mm-hmm. it. No, that's mm-hmm. great. I love that's that answer. Um, so uh, this podcast is obviously called Happily Together. Yeah. And I think uh, <laughs> we could probably all agree on living a life happily together um, kind of starts with living a life of personal satisfaction, having that personal satisfaction, feeling fulfilled in our own individual lives, feeling enough, feeling enough mm-hmm. in our own individual lives really helps in the bigger picture of things. And I know that people right now, especially now, probably arguably more than ever, um, are feeling trapped. They're feeling unfulfilled. They're feeling maybe stuck. really stuck mm-hmm. in their life. And I'm just curious on what you would say to that person Um and what is really, what's really keeping them back from maybe experiencing the fullness of life that they long for? Mm-hmm. And how do we make so, a change? <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, 
that's really like it gets to the to the core of this new book. You are more than you Love think it. you are, which begs the question, well, what do I think I am? Mm. Right. And so in the in the in the core sense, um, I would say that most of us over identify with the ego, which is this shell, what Wayne Dyer would call the less than two percent of who we really are. And this shell um is really sensing in the world with the five senses. So it's everything sort of you know, physical, what we see with our physical eyes, what we're tasting, what we're touching, it's all peripheral nervous system. Mm. So it's saying, what am I feeling out here? And so what happens, so it's how we look like, what we see, what we see other people doing. So the problem is if this is our full worth, if we think this is our full identity, we're always going to struggle. Mm. We're always going to feel not enough, not pretty enough. I don't have enough money. I'm not good enough. We're going to feel a lot of fear because we, we think this is the whole world. So what happens if physical eyes are looking out, seeing what people are doing on social media, looking in the mirror, looking at what other people look like. So it goes to comparison, Mm -hmm. which then leads us down the path of contrasting, which then leads down the path of feeling competitive or not enough or more than or less than Mm. all the egoic ways in which we we create separation in our lives, which keeps us from being peaceful. It keeps us from reaching our full potential. So what do we do about this? Right. First of all, we create awareness and we're like, oh shit. Like, yeah, that's me. Like I'm always thinking down here, I'm out here. The second thing is we we have to recognize that the solution to the problem is not where the problem is. That's good. So that's what most of us do. We think this is my identity and that's where I was. I am a recovering perfectionist. So for me, so much of my identity was like reflected back for me, my number one thing was like achievements and grades right? as a perfectionism. So do I have the best grades? Do people think I'm the smartest? Am I the top of the class? Right. Or it's like, think about all the ways in which we feel good about ourselves from out here. How many people liked my post? Mm. Oh, how much money is in the bank account? What's my job title? Like it's, it's just this like external reflection. And the problem with that is that it's always shifting and it's always moving. So if that's what we are tying our worth and our our identity to life starts to feel the opposite of happy. It starts to feel arduous. It starts to feel like this big struggle. It feels like I'm never out of my head. I'm always just, you know, it's just exhausting. Mm. So where do we go? We go to this different place. And this is what I learned about. Um, so backtrack, backtrack just for a moment and say that in the beginning of my journey, I didn't know who I was either. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I thought I was going to be a doctor. At one point, I went in with the partial science scholarship to college. It didn't work out. I was interned at a hospital one summer and said, not for me. Um, so I ended up traveling for three years and mostly in Asia and Africa. And the country that had the biggest impact for me was India. So when I went there, it was like, different world, you know, just a totally different way of thinking about this stuff. Mm. So the reason I say this is, you know, it wasn't until I was an adult and I went there and I started learning about the Vedic texts, which are the oldest texts on the planet and um, going through thousands of pages of work, which no one else has to do, by the way, because I need to sit down <laughs> book but it's when i started learning about this concept of the true self which isn't something that we grow up with i don't think a lot of us really you know we don't hear it defined in this way but it's very clearly laid out and so when i started living life from this true self place wow everything started to expand Mm. i moved back to new york after my around the world trip and these patterns were starting to come and even though i um i didn't have any money and i was really broke 
it was just like, I stepped into this river of flow, started a free website. Um, you know, I was going back to teach yoga. I was going back to teach nutrition, you know, back to nutrition school. And then my first celebrity found me and, you know, she, she just found me through my website and I got on this film set. And next thing I know, I was starting to work with all these celebrities, even though I still don't have a TV to this day. And, um, and I started being a regular correspondent for Good Morning America and all this stuff was happening. And then the first book deal came. This is like a big lead up to the true self. But it, trust me, it's related no, it's to good. my book deal. I was, um, I was like, yeah, I have this book inside me. It's called Catching the Fire. And it was actually a travel memoir with a lot of the teachings in this book. Mm. Ten years ago, guys, six books ago. And she's like, oh, well, the you know, the food and the recipe stuff looks like it's taking off. So why don't we do that book first and we'll do this book second but now okay so that was the first book and then a lot happened in 10 years right so you know just I won't even get into it but the, you know the book started going in all these different directions but now this point I think now people are ready to hear about the true self I think like now I can share what's really helped me and really helped the, my clients and everything that I've been working with for 10 years now I can really talk about it publicly because I think we're at this place to really understand it as a collective mm. so ego is what what we think we are. And I'm here to say that's not who you really are. Yeah. The true self part of us is this resource inside of each and every single one of us. It is what we are born with, but it's this often dormant part of our personality that we don't access. We don't activate it because we're so in the ego and we're so tied to this, um, like these primal fears attached to survival. But through these techniques and through learning about these teachings and these practices, we learn to connect to this true self, which is the formless energy that is that is who we are. It's the part of us that's watching our thoughts. It's the voice of our intuition. It's the voice of our heart. It's this stable, courageous, loving, infinitely intelligent, creative part of us. In spiritual terms, we could say it's the soul or we could say it's spirit individualized or the universe inside of you or God inside of you or whatever you want to say. But there is this part of us that you can learn to activate. And when you do that, you everything, every single part of your life shifts, including and hugely your relationships. Mm. Because instead of, and we'll talk about love in a second, but instead of the, the ego is desperate, it's trying to get things from the outside, it's trying to get love and validation from the outside, it's wanting people to like us on social media, it's trying to get love from that person or whatever it is we realize, oh my gosh, that's actually lack-based energy. And that pushes things away. It creates disharmony. It creates stress. And we don't get what we think we're going to get. It doesn't make us feel what we want to feel. We don't feel peaceful. We feel like we're constantly on this treadmill of pushing. The true self energy, which we access in two ways. Number one, through wisdom. So just by virtue of reading these teachings in this book, which mm. I'm so passionate about making available to everyone. You know, Paramahansa Yogananda, who's the great guru who brought yoga, from the east to the west says and i'm paraphrasing here something like a cave can be in darkness for thousands of years but bring in the light and it's as if the darkness never was mm -hmm. so once we get this reframe perspective of who we are and energy <laughs> these unifying principles we are forever changed mm -hmm. you know you can't turn it back off it's like you know the matrix you take the blue pill or the red pill whatever it is yeah. you can't go back 
So having access to this, to these, these teachings changes everything. Mm. And the second is the experiential. Mm. So when you do these specific exercises and meditations, which isn't supposed to be just relaxing out here, but union. So that means we go from peripheral to central nervous system. Now we start to wake up different parts of our spine and our brain. And when we focus on different parts, it's very specific, like our third eye, for instance, we activate our medulla oblongata which is this brain stem, this ganglia on the nerves, the back of our brain. So there's a lot of science in the book as yeah. well. We see that we activate woof, creativity and, and more of the um, expansive parts versus the parts that are so identified with fear and survival and smallness. So we, so you read, you know, you read these teachings and you're going to get this, like these aha moments. And then the next part is the day by day practice. Like I said, the morning practice, you meditate, you do these practices throughout the day. And I can demo a few short ones here in just a moment. You guys want to experience that. And what that does is it gives you this experience of connecting to this deeper part of you Mm. so that next time, you know, something happens or you know, all these situations in life, now we're connected to this true self. Now we're not just going to act out in fear, say things that aren't really who we are connected to the authentic part of us. It comes from fear, smallness, mm. you know, we're used to being competitive. We're used to feeling all this stuff. Instead, we can come from this bigger place and more tends to work out. We become more magnetic. We become more peaceful inside of us. We become more loving. We become more confident. Mm. We become more tuned into that deeper intelligence. And so everything in our life starts to be more harmonious including our relationships. relationships. Mm, that is so beautiful. I'm learning so much. I, I'm like <laughs> I'm like digesting and absorbing <laughs> what you're saying. It's so powerful. I love how this all started. To show you that I was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> I love how this all started because you had this plan for your life mm. and you experienced a little bit of it and you realized that it was like, nope, not that's not for me, which in and of itself mm-hmm. takes so much courage because it would have been easier probably or more safe to just keep pushing that can down the road and hope that it all makes sense one day and you feel good about becoming a doctor and that work. But you were willing to create distance from what you thought you wanted, step out into that liminal space and create space to just kind of go on a journey. And mm-hmm. the traveling is so powerful for this reason, which lands you in India, which starts this whole process for you, which I think is your first book, Catching Fire. I just think it's beautiful that you gave yourself the space and the permission to create that space in your life, to find the river of your life and to jump in it. And it sounds like you've jumped in it head first. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have used this term back then, seeker. But now mm, that I look yeah, back, I, I totally. was a seeker. And, yeah. and what was I seeking? I didn't know what I was seeking, but I was definitely seeking relief from this discomfort inside of myself, which was, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of insomnia. I was bloated. I didn't know what to eat. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I think, you know, all of us can relate to things, to to, to having those moments. And so, um, you know, when I, when I started traveling, so my body was moving around Mm. the world, but then we realized we can't escape yeah. ourselves, right? Yeah, so so the, the inner part of us. So then it was really India was where I found these teachings, which really like address that head on. And like, what is this voice in my head? And what are these different parts of us? Yeah. So it's been, you know, I'm so grateful that I had access to yeah. all of that. And like I said, this has been, this book has been building in me since the first book, really for 10 years. But I will say this, it's easy to go in and out of, um, 
practices when things yeah. are going well. It's like, oh, you know, just gonna sleep in for a couple minutes. I'm gonna skip my meditation. I had <laughs> such a great party last night. It was amazing. But when you go through really hard times, mm. that's when you either you realize you either count on the stuff or I don't. Oh, yeah. Good. And for me, my rock bottom was about four years ago. And I described this through a couple chapters in the book where, um, you know, first of all, uh, my mom passed away really suddenly. We found out she had cancer on Valentine's Day mm. and then she was gone at the end of March, which was w wild and crazy because she was with us at Christmas and she was her normal energetic self. Wow. So, you know, after that happened, I was like, whoa, like, oh, you know, like life really is, mm. there are no guarantees. Like yeah. anything can happen at any moment. Um, my older son wasn't yet one. Mm. And then, so that was like this big wake up call where I looked around you guys. And then, then I said, no, like mm. mm -mm. meaning the, my relationship at the time, I was like, this is not the, the closeness. We weren't moving forward in a way that felt good to either of us. So then some months after my mom passed, then I moved out on my own. Mm. So here we go. I'm my uh, new mom, lose my mom, become a single mom in like this period of time. So it was then that I went really deep into these teachings. Uh, a monk that I met with at the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is Yogananda's organization, said to me, I met with him and he said, just, you know, take care of yourself for five months. Wow. So for five months, I really just went and got centered and took care of my child and um you know was doing work but other than that i was really just reading a lot and i was going into these practices and i was meditating and after that period which is like five months i did that and after that what i what happened you guys was i emerged with this completely um different sense of of wholeness mm. and something emerged that had never been there in my life and i didn't realize it was never there and it was trust mm. real trust beautiful so what does that mean i think it means that you know we look around our and how does the ego play out it plays out in a lot of ways that we control things so we try to control situations so it's just so in some ways even though we don't really we can try to control other people right we could try to control in our relationships everything is about that when we trust that we're connected to our true self when we're connected to this resource inside of us it means that we know we can rise up to any situation yeah. anything life throws at us and we have ourselves we can um we have that resilience and so i had this new sense of trust and wholeness inside of myself and with that you know there was just so different so then some months after that i was just walking around the world not looking not pushing and then i show up this random dinner party you guys with like 12 people and one of them ended up being future husband current husband oh. Al John. and so it was like this instant recognition when i saw this person and you know we just connected on such a heart level mm -hmm. even though externally you know we look very different <laughs> you know from the neck down he's completely tattooed wow. he has a gold grill in his teeth he's into <laughs> mma fighting and smoking meat and i'm plant-based like this but it was like oh the reason we get so tripped up and we make so many mistakes and life feels like a struggle is because I'm always making decisions. Mm. You know, I say I like the collective from the ego versus learning to drop in 
to the heart, drop yeah. into the ish- intuition, drop into this other part of our energy. Mm-hmm. And now we move from deeper waters. Now we're out of the mind chatter. Mm-hmm. Now this deeper intelligence and this wisdom starts to permeate through my life. Mm-hmm. So I keep using this word flow. There is this deeper sense of moving through. And that, um, you know, you guys talk about so much with relationships, which you talk about next, that will completely redefine your relationships. I love this. So beautiful. So good. It's so beautiful. We had a similar, um, we fell in love very fast. We met on a writer's retreat and I was the girl who, you know, I wanted to be married early. I thought 25 was late. I grew up in a very conservative culture, moved out to LA. I was single till I was 34 and met Caleb at 34 and had done a lot of, a lot of deep work at that point. So I was, I was in, I was in flow. And when we met, there was this experience of, Oh, there you are. It was a soul's recognition of, (laughs) Oh, there you are. And, and I had never had that before. I had always dated periphery in my periphery. I had always dated in my mind. And with Caleb, it was an instant knowing that was so different and yes. the same. Like we, I, he gets offended by this. I always joke. I don't get offended. Like, I, I I've never been into athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been into muscles, but you were my soul. But partner. she would tell this story. You'll probably laugh at this. She would tell this story to people when we, when she was like introducing me to her, all of her friends and she would say this one line over and over. And uh, I got to the point where I was like, babe. <laughs> can you please not say this one line? It's kind of like hurting my feelings. And it would be Aww. like, if I saw Caleb in the bar, I would never go and say hi to him. He looks like a complete meathead. Like <laughs> I would never want to have a conversation with him. And I'm like, Oh my heart. I would have made the assumption. I would have made a lot of assumptions on his physical yes, appearance. Yes, about which is who fine. We can laugh about it now. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it is true. Like we are, completely opposite of what we have dated in the past but when we met it was like a oh there you are like it was such a deeper awakening like the truth spoke to truth and it was a real it was that internal intuitive knowing knowing. that surpasses the intellect that it was beautiful because i go ahead sorry that that is that is exactly that is exactly huge like so important for people to get is that when we make decisions from what does he look like what's on the surface yeah. how many mm-hmm. times i wonder like did, did, did someone's soulmate go by right. or their best yeah. opportunity or their best job or whatever it is because we're out here so the usefulness about um, doing these practices in this work is like in these kinds of really huge and, and small but daily decisions yeah it's very practical I feel that sometimes, and maybe this is just because it's my story, and now from what I'm hearing, it's also your story, <laughs> but like there really is, like you want to find your soulmate, follow your truth. Mm. Like quit looking for the soulmate, quit looking for the partner and say yes to the deeper ache that is drawing you forward. And really it's about saying yes to that deeper ache and wherever it is leading you. It might seem counterintuitive. It might seem like mm. it's leading you down a path that doesn't make logical sense. It's moving you further away from the things that you think or you thought you wanted, but it's now we're speaking the universe's language. And I think it really gets down to the core belief system of, do I actually believe that this universe is for me? Do I actually believe the love that is holding all of this together wants me to find the deeper longings of my heart more than I even want to find it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a even fundamental- the sense of, do I trust? Do I trust yeah. that something out there is actually- has this master plan and my job is just to get out of the head Mm. 
right? To follow my own truth and to continue down this journey. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> I, on the other yeah. side of it, I found the soulmate and I, I'm, you know, it's interesting to hear you find the soulmate mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the subtitle of the book is practical enlightenment for everyday life. For me, it was really important to make this book really prescriptive mm. in we what do we do? Because I read Eckhart Tolle and I'd be like, I love this guy. I love what he's talking about. But how do I go beyond thought? How do I go, um, you know, into this deeper place? And so I'm, I'm hearing you, you know, Caleb, talk about this. And it, it's true. We we need to get to that point of trust. We need to th- get to that point of um, believing in love. But it's like, mm, like, it's like but how do I really do yeah. that? I just know that it's very, very um, prescriptive. So mm. maybe I could talk yes, about the, the love for a moment yes, here. Um, so I tell this story in the book. And if you guys got to this, to this, this is part where Yogananda describes this um, condition with the Himalayan musk deer. There's a real species of deer lives in the Himalayan mountains. And what happens is every spring, there's a sack in their abdomen that starts to secrete this kind of musk. So in the springtime, when this comes and the deer smell it, they start to look around desperately. They're like, where is this coming from? It's very invigorating. It's very stimulating. So they start looking um, behind the rocks and, you know, underneath the logs and they start going through the forest and like, where's the musk coming from? All the while it's coming from their own abdomen, but they can't find it. Right. So they keep going. And this is the sad part of the story. They get more and more desperate that some of the deer actually throw themselves over cliffs in their, you know, in the peak of their agitation state. And then they, they die. Like they go over the cliffs. And so, um, the reason I bring this up is because I think this is the way that most of us look for love, wow. right? It's just like, where is it outside of me? Mm. Number one. Number two, we start to treat love as a thing. Um, so we start to treat love as, um, you know, this um, noun, like this, that, oh, I need to get it from this person or I need to find it in this relationship or I better, you know, get it. Um, even everyday ways, social media from the likes, the validation, the follows, whatever it is, it's always this thing outside of us. This is what the ego tells us that we are in lack, that we are not enough, that, you know, have to get it. So the difference is when we start to shift in our thinking about love from a noun to a verb. Mm. So what does that mean? It means love is something I live. It's an energy. It's an Mm -hmm. activation right here, right now. I'm not in lack of it. I live love. So what that does is it turns love on in your life. And so practical ways, first 20 minutes of your day, start to activate love as a verb. Um, Meaning text someone that you love them, just a loved one, just to say, I love you. First person you encounter, maybe it's the barista where you get coffee or tea be extra kind, Mm. you know, just spread kindness, do a gratitude practice in the first 20 minutes. What does it do? It means that the true self, the nature of who we are is expansion, love, bliss, peace. So you connect to what's already inside of you. You activate it as a verb. And that way there isn't this distance, this gap. Oh, I want love, but it's out there. I can't meet anybody. This, you know, everybody sucks. There's not enough you know, (laughs) good people out there. It's always this, I don't have it and I want it, which keeps us in that mode of wanting but not getting it versus now love is here. I am the source. It's in me. And so that's what happened when I, you know, I emerged and I was just walking around with this wholeness. And when we do that and what, you know, you guys described what you were doing was you had done this work. So you just kind of, it just popped in, you just showed it 
you know, you just found each other, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's how equal it it should be. And it can be mm-hmm. because we are the source and we're not the slack. And then also as we get into our relationship, think about all the ways that we project our own unfulfilled needs. The ego is always saying, you know, this, uh, very sensitive. I need, to, I need to be talked to a certain way. I need to be like this. People need to validate me, da, da, da. So much on the other person. So then there's mm-hmm. all this relationship drama, there's all these like things that, you know, misunderstandings versus I tune into the wholeness and the completeness inside of me, which is this true self energy. I nurture it myself. And now instead of needing these things yeah. from this person, it's more that I'm here to share life. Mm. It's just like, I want to share experiences, but I don't actually need anything from you. I give myself my needs. I validate myself. I love myself. I soothe myself. So now it's just this harmonious, you know, and then your partner says something that, you know, you don't agree with, or they don't agree with you. And it's like, huh? Oh, okay. You know, we're two separate, healthy, um, you know, uh, beings here. And I don't need you to be open a certain way. You can be your way and I can be my way and we're sharing. So it takes all this pressure out of relationships and out of life in general, Mm. because we realize we've over relied too much on the ego, which means we over rely too much on the outside world. Mm. So good. That's so good. Kimberly, what do you think it is that blocks people from having what they truly want? Like, is it, is it the ego that's constantly getting in the way? Yeah, I think it all, it goes back. So, so it's like, what, what, what do we want? Like at the gore of it, first of all, go underneath. People think they want a shiny car. I want to be able to afford this new Tesla, whatever it is. But why? Mm. Oh, because um, hmm. I want people to know that I'm successful. I want people to think I'm this kind of person, right? So it's like we say we want these things mm. because it's supporting this ego construct. But underneath the things that we really want, I'm going to say right here, right now, we all want the same things, which is we want to feel abundant. We want to feel love. We want to feel peace. We want to feel bliss. And the reason we don't get those things is because we're out here trying to get these desperate, almost like childlike, not matured ways. Right. So when we learn this other way of, Oh, when I create stillness in my life and I tap in to my full potential and my power, my energy, I can actually give these things to myself. Mm -hmm. And this changes your energy. Right. In the book, there's a chapter called you are magnetic and it's all, there's measurable sciences, there's quantum physics, there's ways to measure frequencies, literally. So you ask yourself in this, in this moment, on this scale, where am I in the scale of abundance in this moment? Mm. Right. The scale, am I feeling full, the fullness of life, or am I still in lack? Am I focused on what is or isn't coming in, which is on the outside, or am I focused on what I'm giving out? Right. So the reason we don't get what we want is because we're focused on these little control mechanisms and the things that don't give us what we want. We focus on this other way. We work with our energy, what Yogananda calls this underlying energy matrix of all things, because anything you see, the way your body looks, the way, you know, things are showing up, it started with energy and then the energy goes into thoughts and then the thoughts start to create. So when we start to work underneath with the energy, which was what you do with these practices day in and day out, um, and I'd love to just share one real quick before we end the podcast. Yeah. But this is how you work. This is how you will get what you want. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I just want to respect your time. I know we're coming to an yeah, end. Do you have time to share with us a, a practical, practice. a practical yeah. technique? Yes. So let's, let's, let's so there's two quick ones. I just want to share um, in this moment. So when you're listening to this, you're like, okay, I like how this sounds, but I don't really get it fully. Like, what is a true self? What is the ego? Um, how do we know? 
So here's how you know, moment to moment. And we want to keep checking in moment to moment. Yeah. So don't go to the mind because the chatter of the mind will be confusing. And uh, I'm not sure. Get out of the head and go to the more pure place for answers, which is our bodies. So our bodies don't have the same childhood wounds, the same stories, the same reactivities. We drop into our bodies and specifically around the heart go into the heart. So there is actual science to this. The Heart Math Institute has created all the past 25 years, amazing clinical research, measuring the frequency, the radiance of the heart energy, which is like 60 times more powerful than the brain. So we go into the heart, we go into our body and we ask ourselves one question. Ask yourself now, am I in the true self or am I in the ego? And what you'll feel in your body, in your heart, if you are in the true self, if you drop into that place in your body right now, you know, it's just, you start to do this practice more and more, it becomes easier to discern a sense of expansion, right? Or just a sense of, ah, like, like openness, because that's our true nature, right? It's the way the universe is always expanding. Light is always expanding. True self, our potential, our real energy, this capacity to love and be compassionate, it's gonna feel open and expansive. But if you are in the ego, you're gonna feel a sense of tightness, mm. constriction around here, or even in your lower belly, because that emulates the energy of the ego, which is small and limited. It makes us feel like we're yeah. not enough or we have to be competitive. We have to put walls up with other people. We're gonna feel this, ugh, like this kind of smallness. So moment to moment, check in. Am I in true self or am I in ego? Do that before you write an email, before mm. you have a confrontation with your loved one, before you do anything, and if you are, you know, don't let another word come out of your mouth mm. in that moment. Do not send that email. Do not send that text until we reset. Okay. We can reset pretty quick. How do we reset? So this isn't the set. I'll get, I'll do this second practice of the other one because this one's a little shorter. It's very easy. You say, Oh, I feel this tightness. The reason we don't speak is that's not who you are. You're going to come from this fearful place. So maybe you're going to leave a mean comment. You're going to gossip. You're going to say something judgmental. People are going to feel it on your team, on your you know work. And be like, you know, even if it's verbally saying the right thing, the energy behind it will throw you off. It'll throw everything off. So we take a moment. Oh, I need to be here now in my true self. So what, we start to get back into this. Feel the bottoms of your feet. Yeah. Okay, I'm here in this moment. You know, fear can't live in this moment, right? So much of the ego is projecting into the future, the what ifs are trying to keep ourselves so-called safe because of the pain of the past. But in this moment, oh, here's where my feet are. Here's my mm. body. Here's my hips sitting on this chair. Okay, I'm coming back in. And we place one hand on our heart, one hand on our belly. And then you tune into your heart rate and you can feel if it's a little bit elevated, you know, something threw you off a little bit of the, you know, the chatter of the ego is making you feel like there's a threat, but, but just by listening to your heartbeat, you can start to re-regulate. And then the hand on your belly is the breath coming mm -hmm. into your belly. Are, are we doing shallow chest breathing? And if it's not just breathe down into your belly and start to feel that oxygen, that circulation start to re-regulate all your systems, soothing the fight or flight, sympathetic nervous, parasympathetic nervous system, all the fight, all the hormones, just bringing it back here. 
It takes about 90 seconds actually for the biochemical reactions of the trigger in your mind to settle. Then the different parts of your brain, the mm. prefrontal cortex, everything mm. starts to turn on and re-regulate out of the amygdala. Everything changes. So we wait. We wait to come back to center. Maybe you go to the bathroom, maybe you take a quick walk. But this checking in, guys, moment to moment will start to, it's such a powerful tool because mm. it gives you the information. I'm in a place now where I'm really going to create my best stuff or I'm going to put my best stuff forward or I'm not. Mm -hmm. If I'm an ego, I guarantee it, you're going to have to clean up a mess. It's not going to be your best. It's not going to move you forward towards peace, bliss, abundance, success, hold back, recenter, then act or speak. Wow. Wow. So powerful. I know. So good. Um, I have three rapid fire questions for you because I just want to respect it. your time. Um, first one, I know it's going to be hard for you, but maybe it's not. What out of your book is your favorite chapter? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I really love, um, you know, the, the love one we talked about a lot. That's one of my favorite chapters, but I really love the chapter on being a warrior oh. because I think being a warrior is, you know, we can call on this part of ourselves to create incredible change in our lives and in the collective. Um, it's how we bring forth this perseverance and this energy. It's very practical, the tips for being a warrior in your own life and cool. serving the whole. And when we do that, when we expand um, our goals to be, to include the good of others, we always bring in more success, that yeah. expansive energy, the love for all. So um, I was gonna, I'm going to go with warrior. Right I love now. it. I love that. Great. And now two, um, outside of your own books, if you could only gift one book for the rest of your life, what book is that? easy autobiography autobiography of a yogi by paramahansa yogananda um which so many of these teachings are based on and i'll say that you know um when he came here in the 20s he was talking about yoga and all of these principles for the first time and it caused such a stir that he went all the way to the top he met with the president of the united states calvin coolidge at the time oh. and his book this book autobiography of a yogi um is the only book that was on Steve Jobs' iPad when he passed. Wow. He read it every single year. And it's Steve Jobs' funeral. The 700 people that were there, every single person got a copy of this book. He Come said, on. this is the last message I want to leave. How do world. I not know this? Wow, that's so beautiful. Wow, yeah. that's so beautiful. So, and again, so I've, it's, there's some parts of autobiography in this new book, You Are More Than You Think You Are. And I've really synthesized down these core teachings. Um, but again, you can see that people like Steve Jobs were tuned into this. This is so useful for creative genius, for abundance, for love, for all these parts. You know, we, we get so wrapped up in the new stuff, like the new studies, you know, and the biohacking stuff, but there's so much value in the old, you guys, Yeah, you know, oh, the, for sure. old, the ancient, yeah. and I'm most right people aren't going to have access to this, which is why I wanted to, you know, dust things off, go through the thousands of pages, distill it down. What's yeah. the most useful pair it with science and offer it. So, um, so yeah, that's the other book. <laughs> I love that. And the last question I have is, uh, what is the pe best piece of advice you can give based on your own experience, um, to help support you live a life happily together? Wow. Okay. So the best, <laughs> the best advice, I mean, I think it echoes, you know, what we're, what we're yeah. talking about here. It really is, you know, connect 
to your true self every day meditation that is the highest best activity you can do as a human to create happiness in yourself and in your relationship with others until we really connect to who we are we won't be able to really self-love we won't be able to really fulfill our own needs and if we don't do that first our relationships are always going to be fraught with Mm. drama misunderstandings separation so we really want to um, connect here first and then everything will open up in the most beautiful way so oh, good beautiful answers so good Kimberly thank you so much uh, your book You Are More Than Th- You Think You Are comes out on the, the week of the 24th right January yes, 24th yes. we're so excited everyone go order her book immediately it's so powerful and uh, tell us where we can find you where people can connect with you online and we'll of course include all of it in the show notes as well Yes. So my site is mysaluna.com, which is S-O-L-L-U-N-A.com. And there you can find information on products, courses, more on the book, um, our meditations, the practical enlightenment meditations that we put out free every week and uh, the feel good podcast as well. Amazing. Amazing. Kimberly, thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you guys so much. It was so much fun talking to you guys. All the best.